need from God, this is the time for you to ask. Maybe you need him to do something for someone else. This is also the time for you to ask. We are two or three gathered together, the Bible says. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is in the midst of them. And so he is here to listen. He is here to help. And he is here to demonstrate his power for the glory of God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for every blessing with which you have blessed us. We are alive. We are well. We are breathing normally. Life is a blessing to us right now. We worship you, Lord, for this. We adore you. And we magnify your holy name. You are great. And you do wondrous things. So we ask you now to meet each one of us at the point of our need. Give us the miracle we desire. Where there is need for strength, health, healing, comfort, supernatural provision. In any area of our need, O oh Father, we ask you to intervene miraculously. Finances, physical, spiritual, mental deliverance. We need direction. We need wisdom and grace. And there are certain needs in our life that can be met only when certain persons make the move. O oh Lord, release what must come to us now. Move upon the heart of that person to do what must be done on the behalf of these, your children. Let there be no further delay. You must not hold your servants to ransom. Oh God, release the blessing for each and every one of your people right now. In the name of Jesus, let your blessing fall on us now. Give us release. Free us to receive all that you have reserved for us today. Let these moments at your footstool, dear Father, let them count. Let the miracle begin in Jesus' mighty name. We declare that it is done for the glory of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We studied in the last couple of weeks the story, or rather the prayer, of Jabez. In First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, that portion provided not only a lot of food for thought, but also it, it became a wellspring of faith for us. I have heard that some of you are still feasting on the riches of the grace and truth drawn from that passage. To God be the glory, for indeed he did great things with the study of Jabez. But Jabez's prayer opened the door for me to consider 
something else. And that is great prayers of the Old Testament saints. Great prayers of the Old Testament saints. Not that we will be able to touch on all of them. They are so numerous. But we will touch on some that I believe we will be able to draw great spiritual strength from. Many of these Old Testament saints are examples for us to follow. We could look at their lives and learn so much. Those Old Testament saints knew and understood how to pray, how to reach up to God and take the things they needed from the table he had provided for them. They had a way with God and the biblical narration makes it appear so uh, such a simple thing but nonetheless brothers and sisters it required faith in God to be able to take the promises of God and turn them into a living reality. However, as you and I grow in faith, we too will be able to say to our mountain, move, move into the sea, and it will be done. We will have whatever we say. That is the level of faith we need. That is the level of faith we crave. We will have whatsoever we say. May God give us the mind and give us the ability to believe him for greater things that we have seen in our past. For God is still a God of might and miracles, and he can do what no other one can do. What we say, friends, say a lot about how we are thinking. What we say, say a lot about how we are thinking, about what we are expecting. And all, it gives us also the scope of our faith. Great prayers fall from great lips and also from great hearts. These people did not pray great prayers just because they had a way with words, but their faith and their heart was great in the presence of God. This prayer I'm about to read from the book of Isaiah 64, verses 1 to 5, is an example of a great prayer. Great in the sense of it, it being daring. It is such a, a, a prayer that the prophet was bold enough to present to God. It is true. We are exhorted in Hebrews 4 and 16 to come boldly to the throne of grace. Yet when we come to the throne of grace, we are still timid. We are yet afraid to ask for things that seem too great for us to ask. But we must always tell ourselves, 
that if we shall ask anything in his name, he will do it for us. Here in Isaiah 64, 1-5, is what that prophet was bold enough to ask for. And as I read it, and I have looked at it over the years, I still realize it is something great. And in my memory, I can't think I ever attempted to preach on this passage of scripture because it was too great for me to handle at that time. And still, even now, it is still too great. Let me read it. We shouldn't delay any longer. Isaiah 64, 1 to 5. The prophet is speaking to his God and our God. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as fire burns brushwood, and as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversary, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits on you. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways, we continue, and we need to be saved. Isaiah 64, 1-5. All the words intrigue me, but the words that intrigue me more are the words in verse number 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. When we look at this first part of the prayer, we must wonder what would lead a prophet of God to make such a request. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. What had happened to trigger this prayer from the heart of Isaiah the prophet? Why could he not be content with just this usual abiding presence of the Almighty beside him? Why did he have to say more and to say, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down? Why this cry? Why this lament? Why this great prayer? Couldn't he have softened it a bit? Couldn't he be satisfied to say, Well, God, you're always there. Please do something about my people. No, he said, Oh, that you would rend 
seriously, friends, things had gotten totally out of hand, out of control, and completely unmanageable. That is not a very nice situation to be in, and I don't wish it for anyone. But in case this is where you are, this in case this is where you're finding yourself now, I pray for you. We pray for you that he who dwells in the heavens will come down now and aid you in your distress. The prophet who prayed that prayer was in deep distress over the national rebellion against the Almighty God. The Almighty who raised them up into a people of greatness. The Almighty who was so good to them over the years, brought them out of bondage, planted them in the good land, watched over them and guided them, gave them leaders to help them along the way. The Almighty who had such great and precious promises in store for them. When the prophet saw how they, the people, were responding to divine blessing, he was shocked. He was appalled. And he cried out in distress, Oh, Lord God, that you would rend the heavens and come down to look and see what is happening here in this good and pleasant land. To look and see how a nation has turned away from the God. To look and see this is too much for me to handle, Isaiah must have said. I need help. I need that help now. I needed that help like yesterday. Come, Lord. Come now. I see desperation at the back of this prayer. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. We will notice uh, right after he makes that great statement asking God to rend the heavens and come down, there are a number of things that he uh, wanted to see happen or that he believed rather, that he believed would happen when the Lord would rend the heavens and come down, come down. Mountains of stubborn resistance will be shaken and reduced to rubble. Thick forests that block division, like dark clouds, he prayed that they will be burned flat. So you and I could have a clear vision when mountains are reduced to rubble, forests are born flat and cut down so that you have a clear vision ahead. Yes, was it the psalmist who said, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. It is so easy to follow. It is so easy to progress when the way is clear. But when there are mountains and thick forests ahead of us, we can't see our way. We don't know how far we are from our destination. We are just 
peeling our way around as it were in the dark. He didn't only pray that the mountains would dissolve and that the forest would be burnt flat. He prayed that in this prayer of exclamation that icy cold water would begin to boil. And cold water is not a blessing when you are in distress. O oh Lord, rend the heavens and come down and let the frigid waters begin to boil. When you, O oh Lord, step down into my situation, my situation, you will reverse the course. What is useless will become useful. What is dead will become alive. What is a loss will be turned into a gain. What is meant for evil, Lord God, you will turn it into good. Lord, rend the heavens and come down. Turn around my situation. Turn around our situation. Turn around the family situation. Turn around the situation for that one we're thinking about right now. Where there is sickness, let healing come even this very moment. Where there is sadness, let joy come. Where there is pain, oh Lord God, let it disappear and let everything be brought to normalcy. For your God and your presence is here in the midst of us. Rent the heavens and come down. For only you can turn my mourning into dancing. The prophet was right, right on when he prayed thus. Rent the heavens and come down, Isaiah 64, 1. This God who intervenes in the affairs of men upon their request does not only melt the ice, uh, but he causes the cold water to come to a rolling boil in an instant. Glory to God, miracle-working God, powerful God, almighty God, the same yesterday, and to the end forever, the one who changes not, the one with whom nothing is impossible. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, Isaiah 64, 1. That's how the prophet prayed. People will be continued. People will know your name. We will tell it abroad. Your works will praise your name. The world about us will see it and be amazed and believe and tell it wherever they go. Hallowed be thy name, O Lord. Rend the heavens and come down. Isaiah kept on praying. Nations must tremble at the name of the Omnipotent, one who does awesome things, amazing things, miraculous things. Since the beginning of the world, the prophet continues, men have not heard or known or seen any God besides the living God. So rend the heavens and come down. You need, Father, to establish your name in the earth. Father, you need for your presence to be established in the sight of all men. You need for your mighty works to be displayed, not for the glory of men, but for your glory. These are
are the days, dear Father, when you should and must begin to work. These are the days when signs, wonders, and miracles must be performed so that your name will be glorified. Oh, the prophet did say, for the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. You respond, Lord, the prophet continues, to those who wait on you, who believe, who cling to you and rejoice even while they wait, even while they walk in the straight and narrow way continually. O oh Lord, rend the heavens and come down. This is a prayer of Isaiah. We need to be saved from all our ills. We need to be translated into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. This is the reason for such a daring prayer request. O oh Lord, do rend the heavens and come down. And at this point, it is not my intention to take away from the zeal, the earnestness, and the passion of the prophet as displayed here in this prayer. But we must know that God did send his only begotten son to us to meet the every need of our lives, to give us forgiveness of our sins, to save our souls, to provide for us peace in a troubled world, to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He did send his son to prepare for us a home in heaven and give us an inheritance among all those who are sanctified by the blood of his cross. And the list of benefits Benefits goes on and on, and better still, He the Almighty is here with us tonight, right here, right now. We can sense His holy presence. We do not ask Him, we do not have to ask Him to rend the heavens and come down. God has made it most, most convenient for us all by being right here. All that is needed is for two or three to be gathered together in his name. And as we believe, as we abide in him, we shall ask what we will and it shall be done for us. His presence is where two or three are gathered together. We are online at this moment, of course, but the common language and the common presence of the living God joins us together. We are one in the bond of love. We are one in the bond of the Holy Spirit. We are as one. Distance, in this case, does not matter. We are one family. We are one circle. We are one fellowship. I can sense the presence here as I speak tonight. Mm -hmm. Let this presence
soul, that inner you, the things you let this presence then it permeate your spirit. Let the spirit of God be joined with your spirit and lift your soul to him tonight and say, Lord, I thank you that you don't have to rend the heavens and come down. But Lord, you're right here. You're near at hand. Drink of this presence. Take in as much of his presence as you can absorb. He who believes on Christ out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Do let the river flow tonight. Worship, love, and adore him. You heard the words of the little chorus at the beginning of this uh, message. He's here. Hallelujah, he's here. He's here. I can touch him. I can feel his presence. He's here. Beloved, listen to him as he calls your name. Listen to him as he reaches out to touch you. All you need to do is reach out and touch him, and you will never be the same. Isaiah 64, 1 and 5 really has challenged me tonight as I see what in those days they had to do in order to get a move of God's spirit and power. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Thank God tonight, in simple faith, with a gentle whisper and a warm heart, we can touch the Savior who was crucified, who died, who was buried, and who rose again the third day and who is tonight exalted, seated on the right hand of power, and who very soon is coming to take us back with him. He is here. That same Jesus is here, here to bring comfort, embrace him, love him, serve him, never let him go. He is close at hand. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your cry. He's passing by this moment. Your need to supply. So reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. Father, tonight, in faith, we thank you that we do not have to ask you to rend the heavens and come down. Oh Lord, you were here with us for two or three are gathered together around this line in your name. You're here in this room. You're here with us on this bed. You're here at this table. You're here, Lord, and we thank you. So we bow in worship and praise to you and thank you that you've made it so easy 
bless you. For indeed you are worthy, O Lord. Wash us in your precious blood. Cleanse us with your blood. And draw us nearer to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.